0: I am so pleased to introduce you to Kim McBride this evening. Kim has been following Action for Canada's Call to Actions since early 2020 and in July of 2021 she signed on as Calgary's chapter leader. A year later she became Action for Canada's national chapter coordinator. Kim is the mother of teenage girls, a teacher and a woman of faith who believes in the power of prayer and we are so excited that she can join us this evening. Will you all please help me welcome the lovely kim mcbride hello kim hi very much thank you so much heather for that
1: really great introduction and i love those bagpipes as well well, good evening, everybody. Uh, so welcome to uh, another Empower Hour. I am so excited about uh, presenting these wonderful colleagues I get to work with, these wonderful Canadians and beautiful human beings that I've had the privilege to get to know. I'm sitting in, uh, in some big shoes or big seat right now. So I'm a little, uh, intimidated, <laughs> I guess, without, uh, Tanya Gaw here at the helm but she's busy at work in uh you know in Kelowna and so we will be able to hear from her though she will be um speaking to us via uh pre-recording so uh, she's she's still here and she's with us in spirit for sure well thank you also yes as you said in my uh, introduction I was born and raised actually in Calgary Alberta and I'm, I'm currently still here um So, yeah, I've been following Tanya's trailblazing since January of 2020 and through the Action for Canada newsletters and petitions, that's how I got started, Um, and then moving on into chapter leadership in in 2021 and uh, then progressing on into uh, various levels uh, of organization. So, I helped to organize the regional units that we have, regional leaders, and then moved into the coordinating position in, uh, June of 2022, actually. So it's been, uh, it's been a pretty amazing couple of years. And I, I was not an activist by background. a school teacher for 21 years. Um, but I knew that, you know, this was, these were very consequential times and so i uh and I knew my abilities as a teacher uh, I'm a good organizer, and I knew also that um you know somebody had to step up and i I'm not risk adverse in general i I usually uh like to live in the mystery and and it's okay to not always know what the next step is, but you know when you're taking the right step and so for me, that was uh coming on to action for Canada. So I am just so blessed. I'm just busting. I can't wait to get, uh, the, the different, uh, guests on from across the country. And, um, what I really hope tonight for those of you listening and then maybe those of you who will be watching later, um, by, by recording is that you can see yourself in these individuals that have stepped up at really important time in their life and, uh, you know, have been able to, you know, take the step that they didn't know they needed to take. And then one step after the other, that it brought them into the place where they are right now. And they're just doing such a great job um, coast to coast. That's another thing that was so unifying about working with Action for Canada is that I get to meet these incredible people. And and in every little location across the country, uh, the same voice, the same intentions, the same heart is being expressed. And it's really love for country and love for one another, and, uh, you know, really pushing back this tyranny because we love this land. So, without going on too much longer, I, I want to get right to our guests. Um, first up is, uh, is Luann. She's our first speaker. So, Luanne is our powerful and effective chapter leader for Nor- Norfolk County, Ontario. Luann describes herself as a true introvert whom God has led through many activities of Christian leadership, and training over the decades, particularly in music and children's and youth ministry. She's a wife, a mother of daughters who are far away. She's a home-based private music teacher and a precept Bible study leader, as well as an occasional actor and sock model and narrator. I just love that. (laughs) She says she is definitely not a good housekeeper and barely a decent cook, but, In ordinary times, she'd be out walking her dog in the cherry orchard, hanging out with her husband and cats, playing music with friends or digging around in her gardens, if God had not called her to rise and shine and join Action for Canada. So I am so honoured... To bring our first guest, Luann. Hello, Luann.
2: <laughs> oh, Kim, thank you so much for that great introduction. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> and not a word of a lie. Uh, nobody has died of my cooking yet, so this is a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. Well, Luann, what I want to
1: do is I just, I'd like to just give the floor over to you, but um, I know that you have a couple of points you want to share but I was just so delighted when you came on to the team and you just bring such a joy and, and such a flair to the job. I, I remember when you first came on you're like oh my goodness how do I do these NOLs and I need a call give me a phone call to figure out how I'm supposed to do this and then when the pressure was off it, you just really sunk into to, into the role. And, and I even remember that last call where you're like, go, granny, go. <laughs> so I would love it if you could just share a little bit of your journey of what brought you to Action for Canada. And then what are some of the things that are going on in Norfolk? So many great things.
2: <laughs> Thank you. Uh, well, um, I come to this late in life. Uh, I found... Action for Canada, I think, uh, I started listening to Tanya and the webinars, uh, the Empower Hours, probably, um, 2021 around January. And I was getting very concerned about what was going on, uh, with the lockdown and I'm not going to dignify it with any other name than that. Sorry. (laughs) Um, but part of my, uh, thing is I've worked in children's ministry for so long and my heart really is for the nurture and protection of children. And I also worked for a time in the school system and saw what was coming down the pipe and that was very concerning to me. So that's my heart. My heart is young moms and children and, and uh, protecting them and nurturing them. And uh, let me just say, first of all, that being a true introvert doesn't mean you're a shy person. <laughs> So uh there are comfort zones and comfort zones um so I got involved, as I said, last spring, really, 2022, when I heard the call, I heard God call me to rise and shine, to run as a school board trustee in our uh, municipal elections. And I I didn't really want to do that because uh, I told my mother that I was doing that. She said, why? And I said, I don't know. I, I guess I'll be sitting in long, boring meetings where nobody agrees with me and I get voted down on everything. So you know she said well at least you're realistic in <laughs> your expectations. <laughs> so anyway, I did. I I with the with the impetus, I said to the Lord, well, okay, if you've called me, then I'm going to your people locally here um because it's your business, not mine, and I went to churches prayer meetings and uh, different church services introduced I boldly stood up and said, "Ha, when they said any prayer requests, I yeah, me. I'm running for school board trustee." <laughs> anyway, uh yeah, so I I only lost by 181 votes. And mm-hmm. that was a big surprise because I'd never that that whole business was so out of my comfort zone. And uh that was a significant number of people in our community. That was like 3500 people that cast their vote because they saw my logo which was or my slogan which was standing up to giants. Anyway, um I felt after that run, and I had still so much impetus going for me, I felt I had a duty of care to those folks, and I didn't know quite what to do. And then still staying involved with the webinars and whatnot of Action for Canada, I said, that's what I can do. I can go serve those notices of liability to the school boards. So I did that. And, Mm -hmm. uh, there was no action for Canada group near me that I could really call on for assistance. And as you know, it takes some time to get to know people uh, when you're doing this, but that was so out of my comfort zone. I was so fearful. I was so full of trepidation at doing that. Um, but the Lord really helped me with that. And, and then I said, well, Lord, there's nobody here that's representing action for Canada. Do you want me to do this? (laughs) And so, you know, my motto for many, many years has been whatever the Lord, whatever your hand finds you to do, do it with all your might as unto the Lord. That's in Ecclesiastes somewhere. And so, you know, I don't have a problem saying, is this the will of God for me? Is this the will? No. If this is in front of your face and it's something that is righteous and God would approve, then you just do it. And so here we are. Wow. So I- Yeah, it was, it's still very terrifying because, um, like I said, I'm a true introvert and I'm not shy, but crowds really, uh, freak me out. So (laughs) pray for me because, uh, I'm looking for people to help me, uh, with the summer season because there's festivals and fairs and parades and everything like that. And so if you would pray that the Lord would bring those people to me, that'd be really a great thing.
1: Wonderful. I, 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 I just want to jump in there, though, as much as that sounds terrifying uh, for some to say, oh, how do I do this? And uh, I guess maybe share a little bit about your approach to, like, say, being a rallier. You know, that's always a very intimidating thing is there? I don't like conflict. I don't like confrontation. But some of those have to happen. But one of the things that I loved is your um, your humor and your and your good approach to uh, your silent signage. Um, yeah, your strategy for silent signage, which doesn't require any combative arguments or anything at all. It's just to be a presence. So maybe share a little bit about that, too.
2: Uh, Sure. Yeah, my sister has joined me, my baby sister (laughs) has joined me in this. Uh, She's my chief uh, companion when we go out and do things. Um, One of the things that I thought would be maybe to bring action for Canada. And the the, uh, idea of this terrible win uh, sex ed curriculum to the public eye was to uh, just sit across from the school board building for a couple of hours uh, during the hours when you know parents and school buses would be driving by with our huge signs that you can see on the website saying stop exploit, uh, sexually exploiting children. And uh, just sitting there and doing what I call a remonstration. Now, uh, to remonstrate is to let me read what I, I wrote down. It's to present and urge reasons in opposition to say or plead in protest, objection or reproof. And I think our signs say it all. This is the criminal code. It, no one is exempt from the criminal code stop doing this and um i don't think many people in the public uh really realize what the un has given to our ontario at least um ministry of education to flood down through the school boards into the schools and uh, of course we know here at action for canada because we've seen it but just sitting out there in the freezing cold of April, and we gathered a few people a few times who came to join with us, just to stand with us and hold signs with us silently, because we're not there to argue with people. We're not there to, uh, ple- um, how would I say that? Um, well, argue. We're not there to do anything except hand out a piece of paper, which is our little flyer uh, saying, did you know? Um, to people who asked but in the few weeks that we have done this and we usually do it when the school board is meeting um, the first week we did it we had no response very little response the second time of course it was on a busy road where people uh, are prone to drive by at certain times of day we went from four honks to 50 honks (laughs) right on and that's a big deal so yeah so that was what our, and we're going to continue that as long as the school boards are meeting, which I think their last meeting is in June. So we don't have that many, but it won't be hopefully Iranian cold. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, thanks.
1: Thanks, Luanne. I don't know. Is there, um, uh, we're going to start to move on a little bit, but if you have a couple more words or if you had any thoughts that you uh, wanted to share, I didn't mean to interject there, but uh, no,
2: no, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I am. Uh, 18 years older than I was when I was 50 and told the Lord that I that more than half my life had gone by and I knew how much of it I'd wasted and I just want to encourage every single one of you out there who is watching this to take stock of your life and to make the last half count uh, We can go, uh, we're going downhill fast, but we're going out with a bang. It's better to what wear out than to rust out. And so if God has called you through any of the messages of Action for Canada at any time of your life to rise and shine and be a witness in the community and stand for good, for righteousness, just do it. Mm -hmm. He'll provide everything you need that you, um, He'll stretch you in ways you didn't know you were going to be stretched and don't be afraid. It's a worthy cause. Just do it.
1: Oh, Luanne. Thank you so much. Those are wise words. Just do it. Alrighty. Thank you so much. Our next guests, there's two of them. Actually they'll be joined together are Donna and Lori from Oxford County, Ontario. So Donna Currently retired, Donna was an entrepreneur with over 33 years of experience running a retail clothing business. She had planned to live out her retirement, taking care of her family, husband, four children, grandchildren, house and farm. Donna loves to be in the kitchen, so look forward to further developing her skills in canning, curing meats, gardening, sourdough artisan bread making, cheese making and sewing, However, then the pandemic happened and Donna could see the government was taking this opportunity to seize control and take away our rights. Donna has always understood and valued personal liberty and individual autonomy and could not help but be concerned by the lockdowns and mandates that were being imposed. She began to see that the governments were using this crisis as an opportunity to implement policies that were not in the best interests of their citizens. As many tyrants have said, don't let a good crisis go to waste. So after researching and learning about the impactful boots on the ground that Action for Canada is doing, uh, Donna felt a deep obligation to join the a for c team as a volunteer. So joining Donna tonight is her co-leader, Lori. So Lori is happily married, mother of three grown sons and stepmom to three grown sons. Yes, that's right. Lori is mother of six fine young men, ages 23 to 35. Lori is also blessed to be a grandma to three grandchildren and one more way and one more on the way. Born and raised in Oxford County, Ontario. She loves Canada and Action for Canada. Though she also didn't see this coming for her retirement, she says she is so thankful it has. Lori believes uh, volunteering with Action for Canada has given her the God-given foundational truth to confidently stand up to the giants. So please welcome uh, Donna and Lori to the program. Hello. Hi, Kim, and thank you for the introduction. You're welcome. Hi, good to see you both together. Well, I wanted to bring you both on because I wanted to show um, our audience that you don't actually have to go it alone, even though you're a leader, there's actually a whole team that's around, uh, around you to do this so you really kind of prefer to be co leaders. And, and share that. So Donna, I think you've taken the primary role of leader and Lori, you've stepped up into co-leading. Now you, um, were also with, uh, Oxford County for quite some time. We had our former leader, uh, Peter, who's done just a tremendous job with that, uh, chapter, but needed to step away because life, uh, life circumstances and, and still is not gone, but just sort of more playing more of a background role. So what I'd like to do is maybe. We can just start with Donna and then move to Lori. But maybe Donna, if you would just, you know, share a little bit of what's in your heart, um, that you can, uh, motivate the audience, uh, or just share a little bit of the wins that you've been doing. In particular, I know we, when we discussed earlier, um, the story that you have to tell about, uh, your response to a, uh, a town council and the way they were, um, maligning our men in in general and I and that really broke your heart and so I wanted if you wouldn't mind just sharing a little bit about that and then we'll ask Lori to uh, speak a bit too okay did you want me to read the letter yeah that would be really great so maybe okay. give some background there for the audience of, of what was going on and then you could read the letter that that you were prompted to write
3: okay well this this all happened in a little town called Norwich and um, they, there was a, um, a, city, a town council meeting regarding flying uh, uh, non, um, non-governmental flags, and that was the pride flag. And um, um, it, it turned out that uh, city council turned it down um, and um, um, it, there was a heated debate in between. And, and there was some things that were said in some presentations that I found just very, very offensive. Um, So if I can, I can just go ahead and read it, because I think it's self-explanatory. Yeah, please do. Yeah, okay. Uh, I'm writing to express my deep disappointment and offense at your final presentation. This was directed to a certain counselor, which I won't name. Uh, Your presentation is an example of a racial profiling because it suggests that all individuals that fit your profiling as white, cisgender, and male are in the most powerful positions and therefore inherently privileged. This type of thinking is not based on scientific evidence or imperial data, but instead relies on made up ideology that is diverse, uh, uh, divisive and harmful. Um, Your statement also suggests that discomfort is a sign of privilege. This is a flawed premise because many factors can cause discomfort and are not necessarily an indicator of privilege. Additionally, by suggesting that certain individuals are privileged solely because of their race, gender, ideology and sexual orientation, your statement perpetrates harmful stereotypes. It can lead to increased division among different groups and people. Overall statements like these do not promote equality or understanding among different groups, but rather promote hate and discrimination. We must base our understanding on on individuals and groups on accurate evidence-based research rather than stereotyping and made up ideologies. I found your message extremely troubling to to my husband and the men in my family. As a mother of three boys and grandsons, I was particularly disturbed by your characterization of white cisgender males as oppressors and purveyors of toxic masculinity. These harmful stereotypes not only um, um, perpetuate division and resentment, but also are hateful and demean the character of countless good and decent men who work hard and sacrifice for their families and communities every day. I am proud to say that I raise my boys to be loving and compassionate men who understand the value of hard work making sacrifices to achieve their goals. They have always been taught to contribute positively positively to society and give back to their communities. Despite facing many challenges along the way, they have um, persevered and are continuing to work hard to pay off their school debt. Contrary to the narrative you presented, my sons were not privileged and sometimes held two jobs to make ends meet. During their university summer breaks, my sons worked in scorching hot weather um, with a construction coming, digging ditches for sewers, rainwater drainage, which was very dirty and backbreaking job. While we should acknowledge and address uh, the injustices of the past, we cannot continue to perpetrate harmful stereotypes and perpetrate division. We need to come together as a community, regardless of our differences, and work together towards a brighter future that is inclusive and respectful for all individuals. Um, um, I'm sorry, I, I just had lost my camera. Um, uh, in a democratic society, it is uh, unfair to favor one group over another by by flying a particular group's flag over others. All groups should receive fair and equitable treatment. While we should all like to feel special, a policy of flying only, only government flags on publicly funded buildings is a fair and equitable uh, solution. We should be standing under one country's flag. A councillor's position is... is uh, it, a councillor's position, it is essential that decisions are made based on fairness and the rule of law, rather than personal ideology, feelings and made up theories. I believe your presentation failed, failed to hold up these principles and cause significant harm to those who, identified, who identify with the group you targeted. I urge you to take responsibility for the impact that you, that, um, of your presentation and issue a public apology um, to those affected. Additionally, I would appreciate if you could take steps to educate yourself on the issues, issues you discussed in your presentation to avoid perpetrating harmful stereotypes in the future. I would also like to express my sincere gratitude to the members of the council and mayor that voted responsibility, uh, responsible on, uh, uh, responsibly on the issue. I want to make it clear that I believe council, um, I won't mention the name, intentions were not meant to come across as offensive, but still feel that more have been done to prevent her harmful presentation from continuing. As community leaders, it is important that our elected officials prioritize treating all members of the community with dignity and respect and take action to prevent the perpetration of harmful and divisive ideologies. I respectfully urge you to take this matter seriously and take steps to ensure uh, that such situation does not arise again in the future. And then I just thanked her um, and that, that was my letter. I, I was just, uh, just deeply offended, not only for my children, but many young men that I know, many husbands that I know, many, many of those that take those dirty jobs that we are, that, that benefit society and that we, you know, enjoy every day and, and we don't have to, you know, it's brought us up to, to, to where we are today, you know, and, um, yeah so i i just thought that was an unfair portrayal of it yeah. yeah, I
1: agree, Donna. and I remember seeing your letter come across and and the fact is you just took the initiative to be able to you know put your opinion out there. now, have you always been somebody that would be would have done that in the past, or do you feel more compelled to do that uh knowing that you know we we do need to hold these these people accountable or or is,
3: yeah, have you done this before, or is it new to you? I, I've done it before. I always loved the law. Um, uh, I've, I've always loved the law. I've always studied law in my spare time. I, I didn't go to school for it, so I had a basic understanding uh, and knowledge of, um, of you know, um, individual rights, uh, our liberties, um, body autonomy, um, and um, just understanding the fact that the the public servants—that's what they are—they're public servants. We are their bosses. We are the taxpayers. And that's gotten forgotten. And yeah. I think we have every right to make them accountable and ask them the tough questions and expect an answer back. I'm expecting yeah. an answer back from this letter, by the way. I, oh. I, I'm going to take a second step. Good. Because she, as, as a public official, she, she has to, mm-hmm. I, I feel she has to reply to me. Yeah. yeah,
1: I agree. And thank you so much for uh, your stand. I know there's certain people in our um, population that the, you know, tyrannical left wants to target. And almost, uh, in fact, that there was a wheel of, of power and privilege is what was being shared. And in that, it looks very much like a bullseye, like a, a dartboard. And, you know, I'm really getting tired of being sliced and diced. You know, we are all human, part of the human family. And so I really appreciate your bold stand and for, you know, speaking up for people that uh, seem to be uh, getting, getting the shots quite a bit and unfairly so. So thank you for that, Donna. I'm just gonna ask maybe Lori, if you could uh, share a little bit about your journey uh, as, as you've come to this new position of co-leader and just a, a little bit about your involvement with Action for Canada.
4: Yes, absolutely. Thank you for having me. And yes, Action for Canada, you've been a, a godsend to me. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, thank you, Tanya and team. Um, Donna and Peter, the former co-leader of Oxford County um, has been the uh, anchor as well. Uh, for me to have someone local to go to um, with the same values and, and heart as, as the Tanya and team. And uh, for this honor to, to work with Donna now for only uh, four weeks, maybe. And uh, but boy, young lady Donna, I, I <laughs> admire this lady <laughs> so much. Um, she, she's, um, uh, yeah, I, I, I lift you up, Donna. I, I, I admire your passion. And uh, for me, she's allowing me this opportunity. I've been so um, thankful for this opportunity to just uh, stand up for my community. Born and raised here, I am equally uh, upset, as as Donna was saying, uh, for our six sons, future, and now our fourth grandchild on the way. um, Anything that I can do and to be empowered, these empower hours uh, for the last year or so with Ashken for Canada. As um, as it says, has been empowering. I just yesterday put in um, for Oxford County. We have eight municipalities, and unfortunately, only one uh, municipality has voted down uh, the the flags and and the uh, month of June community um, events. Uh, and unfortunately, we have um, uh, Woodstock is the main city uh, for Oxford County and the mayor there is um, a real piece of work if I may say so nicely and also in uh, Zora County I'm getting to know he is not only the mayor of our county but um, uh, the warden uh, for Oxford County um, and for our township I was going to say. Anyway so just yesterday I went to the uh, township closest to me and, and filled out a delegation request form to speak at the next township meeting. It's not something that I'm used to, but I am willing to lay myself down for this because as of April 19th, they have already had a council meeting with the request to fly the flag uh, form. And there was barely any discussion. The councilor's just the and second and, and it was carried. And I went back to find that, unfortunately, I wasn't able to make that meeting, but I will be heard. And thank you, Tanya, for this letter. I have already submitted it as my reference of why I want to speak and it has emboldened me. (laughs) So I look forward to that as well as, um, I am the local crossing guard and I have become very, very um, public well-known for the last two school years here. They've put me in the paper. I've been the uh, oh, what do they call that? In the parade marshal. They've had me there last year in the, the the Victoria Day Parade. And I as a mandatory reporter, I want to hold that that I went to our local library and, and found books that I will I I I get overwhelmed with with passion here, but I do want to bring that to the mayor. Uh, of our township and the council members, if they are choosing mm. beyond their elected position of, to uphold neutrality, as you say, that um, as far as I'm concerned, they may step down. And I will say that I, I will not look for anything else if, if they can't represent everyone in the community with respect um, for our differences and uh, only under those three flags of Canadian provincial and municipality anything less than that uh, I'm willing to go further and be a thorn in their side at the very least.
1: Wonderful and you seem so nice and gentle to be a thorn in anybody's side I couldn't imagine it but you know thank you so much for your tenacity thank you for your passion for for all these matters that are near and dear to our heart. Um, I know I've seen a lot of your pictures on the Walk for Revival campaign and that you have those wonderful yellow boots. So I just encourage our, our guests to watch, watch our um, rumble feed where we have a halftime special. I'll show it a little bit later, just where to find it. But there's a picture of Lori standing there on the corner <laughs> with her, her Walk for Revival Christian flag and her and her yellow boots. And it's just a, such a joy to see that. So thank you both ladies so much for all the work that you're doing. And we look forward to hearing back uh, from the accountability that you're bringing to these council members uh, to, to bring dignity back into the office and to be fairly representing all members of society. Uh, so thank you so much.
4: Thank you. You.
1: All right. Next up, uh, a lovely gentleman uh, that I met just recently. Well, actually, in a, uh, he, he was here in Calgary for a whirlwind a trip and we were able to sit down and have uh, coffee and have a really good chat face to face. And it was wonderful to meet Bill from Sault Ste. Marie. Here's me uh, Western girl, Alberta girl. Uh, I hope I said that right. <laughs> Not South saint Ramirez <laughs> and, and butchering it, but Sue Ste. Marie. Um, Bill is retired from a career in the electrical supply and sales business. He's the father of four daughters and has four grandchildren. Bill and his family have a tradition of serving their communities as volunteers. Bill has been a provincial election candidate. He has been a local leader in the pro-life movement for years. He has served as a school board trustee, and currently he has leadership roles in local political organizations at the provincial and federal levels. Bill assumed the A for C chapter leadership only a few months ago and works with his co-leader, Arnold. Together, they have made a splash in their community, already making it into the local newspapers. Here to tell us more about the tremendous work happening in Sault Ste. Marie, please help us welcome Bill. Hi, Bill.
5: Hi, Kim. Good to see you again.
1: Good to see you. I'd rather
5: rather have a coffee with you than doing this, but uh, this is good second best. Oh, thank you. Yeah.
1: Well, Bill, uh, like I said in the intro there, you know, from almost day one, you were you were running out the gates. And as we bring on new leaders, there's a process to help people be mentored and to partner them up to understand kind of the, the ropes with Action for Canada as an organization and all our resources and materials. And suddenly within a week or two, we were getting an email from you saying, okay, uh, I've made it to the local papers and how am I gonna respond to this, uh, the flurry that has been created because we've been uh, activating some of the resources and, and spreading it out into the community. So why don't you maybe start, um, start with what brought you in and then maybe give us a, an insight of what went on with that and then the resolution that
3: came.
5: Okay, um, my story was Action for Canada and Sault We began when the lockdowns happened and so much was going on then. Um, but I became exposed to Action for Canada because people in the community we're aware of this very positive um, strategy of uh, notice of liabilities. So uh, they were being used. Uh, the Action for Canada group was basically wasn't really helping a lot because everyone was so busy. There wasn't a, a, a core group developed, but um, uh so it was Action for Canada material was always available, and we were very much aware in our community of of that material. But lot, we move along to February uh, 2023, and uh, we had a drag queen story hour at our library, and a group of citizens decided to oppose the event. And uh, this progressed into investigating some of the pornographic materials in our libraries and schools. So this local group adopted a working name of kids first and we mobilized our objective was to make parents aware and inform them that they had options about withdrawing their children from classes that were objectionable so this is where we uh connected reconnected with action for canada because we created a flyer that we wanted to hand out to parents at schools as they picked up their children and we only had our objective was to get it done before spring break. And we only had a week window in order to do that. So we drafted a pamphlet and really borrowed heavily from, uh, action for Canada material. And then I contacted action for Canada to say, okay, what do you think of this stuff? Right. And, uh, many people here may know that action for Canada is very careful about what is published under their banner. And we had, um, Uh, And any public releases have to be run by the editor and vetted. So what happened was, because we were up against this hard timeline, we published under Kids First, not Action for Canada, and we handed out these flyers. And these flyers were accepted by parents with no problem, and it was sort of a nice thing to do. But then the public school board put out a press release that condemned what we were doing. <laughs> and that caused what we call the local flyer fury in town. And there is a very good amount of local media and media coverage on this event, back and forth between conversations. And, of course, all this time I'm trying to keep Action for Canada informed of what's going on because it was very, their material, your, our material was really obvious on our pamphlet. So um, what happened was because this became such a public thing, Tanya decided to write an official Action for Canada release to our local media. And a lot more than one media published her release in its entirely. And we really considered this a big win. Uh, we had a lot of wins when we did this effort. Um, this, these whole sex ed Conversation was in the public eye for good two weeks, and then the largest school board sent parents instructions on how they could have their children opt out of sex ed classes. Wonderful. So we really, really did achieve our objective. Even so, it was if so it was a a bit of a dialogue or a back and forth between Action for Canada and our local action. So that really launched us. Uh, had a lot of energy around that. And since then, my uh, colleague Arnold Haino has joined our leadership team, and um, I really appreciate the care that Action for Canada has taken about just talking personally on more than one level with someone who's coming on as leader and uh, we'd like to have a third core member of our leadership team um, since then too we've delivered uh, NOLs to our city councilors and I'd like to point out that Arnold showed, like, we're working with the community, right? Not everyone's an Action for Canada person, but the people that are going to use Action for Canada Notice of Liability and deliver it to the city councillors, Arnold made sure they saw the video that's on our site about Mm -hmm. watching one group, I think it was in B.C., do this process, delivering, going down to City Hall and delivering the notice of liability. And that really, really helped them do a better job on how to do that work. And um, we've also begun the uh, Walk for Revival initiative in Sault St. Marie. So I, I'd like to summarize this way. Action for Canada has been jump-started. It was dormant in our community, and then we hit a, 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 an issue. We used the material. We connected with you, and there's been dialogue between your level and our, our community level, and I really hope that our increased visibility will involve more volunteers at the local chapter, and we continue to work with like-minded people locally, and we inform Action for Canada regional leaders of any activity or issues in our town. And we look for ways to apply Action for Canada resources and initiatives where they can impact locally. Mm -hmm. And I I, would like to say sometimes we're winning, even when it doesn't look like we're winning and even when it doesn't feel like we're winning. But this effort that we, I just told you about was a big win and, um, and uh, at the time, it was, yeah, it wasn't entirely comfortable. But <laughs> I had been thinking about Psalm 27 where it says, iron sharpens irons, and so men sharpen men. And when we rub up against each other and exercise our, our inspiration and uh, do not let fear rule, We'll do better, we'll learn better, and we'll get better and stronger all the time. That's it.
1: Right on, Bill. Well, thank you yeah. so much. Thank you for those words of wisdom as well. And thank you for the way you've described the partnership that happens between national uh, a for c and the local, uh, because obviously the, the issues that are sensitive to your community, we want to respond to in a way that makes sense for your community. But of course, I'm still speaking with one voice uh, nationally, but I really appreciate you, Bill, so much and Arnold for uh kickstarting again, a chapter that had gone quiet for a while. And and some of our chapters have, because we are volunteer run. Every single person uh that is volunteer as a chapter leader is a volunteer. And some have have uh jobs still, some uh, many of you, as you've heard, are are in retirement and uh so they may have a little more flexibility with time, but yeah, then there's energy <laughs> and there's uh, there's full lives with grandchildren and whatnot. So I, I so appreciate uh, everybody that steps up to the plate and just does what they can in their community and then uh, uh, let it lead from there. So thank you so much, Bill.
5: Thank you, Kim.
1: Right on. Okay. Okay, next up, actually, we're going to make our way westward now. So we've been camped out there in Ontario for a little while, but we're going to go westward. And I would like to invite Colin from Lloydminster, Saskatchewan, to the Empower Hour.
6: Hello, Kim. Hello.
1: So Colin is a father, a grandfather, concerned about his children and grandchildren's future freedoms and rights. Being retired, Colin says he would love to sit back while enjoying the golden years, but... There is nothing more important to him than advocating for the freedoms of the children of tomorrow. Not one for the spotlights. and being a hum- of humble nature, it took some convincing for Colin to come on tonight to share his consistent good efforts to raise awareness of the issues in his border town. I know he agreed as a personal favor to me, and he knows I think the world of him. So welcome Colin to the show.
6: Thank you, Kim, for <laughs> introduction, more than what I had said. <laughs> well, like, Go ahead. Like
1: I said, Colin, it's just so, I'm, I'm just so blessed to have you on the show and, and, to, and to mention just for people that don't know the geography of Canada, which I've come to learn a lot more now, um, Lloyd Minster is actually right on the border between Alberta and Saskatchewan. And so on the one hand, part of their municipality is governed by Alberta law and then their education uh, system is governed by Saskatchewan law. So it's quite a complex situation. And, uh, yeah, um, Colin, you've been with us for quite some time. And, and like we talked about earlier, um, you've just been such a consistent presence in your community. Um, and, you know, giving the information and just being, uh, open to the conversation and opening up the conversation within your community on issues that are important and impact Lloyd Minster. So, um, yeah, I think what I would like to do is just kind of turn it over to you a little bit and ask you, you know, what brought you to a for c and then we'll go from there.
6: Thanks, Kim. Well, uh, what brought me to A4C, just like everybody else, COVID brought, uh, came in. Uh, I, was, uh, I was born in the 50s, nine years after uh, the World War II, grew up in the 60s. And I had some good teachers that uh, told us or made us realize the importance of our immune system and taking care of it all the way through. We were given a wonderful body by God. And if we just give it the nutrition it needs, it can take care of itself. So when COVID hit, it kind of brought back a little bit of a memory because uh, when, uh, of course, it happened in China. And they laid all the bodies out, and everybody see the bodies that supposedly came from a lab. They didn't know. They instilled the fear in everybody. Then it went to Italy. They did the same there. But previous to that, I knew both my grandfathers enlisted to fight for freedom in the World War II. I knew that down through the ages of man, it was a continuous battle, good against evil. And it just goes on every 60 years or so. Uh, I grew up during the Vietnam War, of course, and that was kind of terrible, I think. But I made up my mind then that if I have to, I will fight and defend my country on my soil, but I'd never go anyplace else. So I joined the reserve militia when I was 16. We took about communism. We took about biological warfare. We took about chemical warfare. And we took about psychological warfare. So when this came out and happened to be in China, it just set me back. I think, oh, here it is. I knew it was going to come sooner or later. So from uh, China to Italy and then it's coming into Canada, I I, I freaked out. I went and uh, I... Put a quarantine area in my garage. I bought all the personal protection equipment. I had hazmat suits. I was ready for it. And <laughs> so I started watching the, <laughs> these uh, mortality rates, and they weren't really going up. And in July, I started hearing about people who were curing themselves on uh, doctors who were took the oath to do no harm, and they were actually curing their patients from COVID. So I thought, oh, here we go. We're, we got relief here. It's not going to continue on. But then they were soon getting censored. And so I started looking for something to stand up for myself. Uh, if I ever had to go to the hospital, and that's where they wouldn't let you in if you didn't have a shot or you had to have a shot before you get seen. So I started getting the documentation together so that I could stand up for my rights. Uh then I come across action for Canada, and I noticed that uh, they had already done all the work that I was trying to do uh November of uh two thousand twenty one i uh i joined as a volunteer and i waited couldn't find no chapter leader so uh <laughs> I stood up that was uh well November uh, I guess middle of December by the time I got vetted we started having rallies every Saturday uh, since then we've had 60 68 in a row 69th coming up this Saturday and when it was 30 below I tell you we had some girls out there who weren't dressed very good and we had heaters in the tent just to Thanks. keep them going we're signing NOLs and we're getting ready to serve and and in summertime, well, <laughs> we had to drop the tent down that one time, and we had everybody hanging on to the corners because the wind was coming up and it was trying to blow us away. And, uh, well, when we first started, we were getting more fingers and, and, uh, how can I say, remarks go home. Uh, you don't like it here. Or you don't think we got the freedom because we're always, freedom was always our main thing. We had freedom sign up. And, uh So now we started keeping track, and it got better and better and better. And I think the last time we kept track, we had uh, 750-plus honks in two hours. Right on. Yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful. And we still get the occasional person drive by, clip us a finger, (laughs) but, you know, there's 1% that will never (laughs) – they're always there. Right. So – That's really good there. We continued to it. We're going to continue standing there until this is all straightened out. Uh, So we did some thinking. Our numbers weren't growing. You know, we've been doing it for uh, probably three months anyway. And uh, I had made an application to get into a local farmer's market. The trouble with that is half the board was half and half the board was four. So it took a little while to come into effect, but finally they give me the call and, uh, I'd say, uh, for the last year and year and a month, I guess we have been putting in five hours every Thursday at the farmer's market. Right. Just to let people know we have something else. We don't have to stand up to this tyranny or we, we don't have to lay down for this tyranny. We can stand up for our rights. Um, the biggest thing that i that I took away there, we always had the COVID medical directive that Tanya had gotten for us, and we handed out a lot of those. A lot of people are awake they don 't know what to do um, a lot of people are victims well we know anybody they're a victim there's just no two ways about it when you have uh, when you have them openly admitting they want to the world population from seven to one and a half billion people. You know, that I don't see how people can not, how can I say, have some common sense and look to see what is actually happening worldwide and bring it into what is happening in Canada. Yeah. Yeah, Uh,
1: and and that, yeah, for sure. Those are I I love that you're saying that you know, people have been starting to wake up and, you know, hold people accountable that are making the decisions. And so, I and I love the fact that you did that farmers market, just as that constant, consistent presence to be a place to open up discussion and uh, just to have the community come by in a neutral place, just to talk about the things that are going on. But that moved you on further to take uh, more active actions with the town council. If you could just maybe in a couple minutes just summarize where you guys are at with uh, what you're pursuing and holding your town council members accountable for in. Mr.
6: Well, as in all most uh, areas in Canada right now, they're bringing in these uh, bylaws. Um, they had a. Uh, they said they did a public forum, did some surveys, and community preferences is what the community wants, and they base it on one point one percent of the population. Believe it or not, just that. So, the our city, our future connected is, uh, well, when we approached them, we couldn't talk about WEF. We couldn't talk about the powers to be one world order, the UN. Otherwise, they'd shut us down. So we're into, we had an open, open house. They had an open house. I talked to four, <clears throat> four different counselors and the mayor, and they all seemed to put everything away. They kind of, a little bit of, uh, how can I say, Oh, I don't think that's happening, but mm. the day after we had that, they had a, a, a council meeting and they opened it up to the public and we had 20 speakers speak against it and there was one for it. And just shortly after that, they come out with another plan where they've already got the, the area, they've got the plan in to bring in zero uh, emissions by 2045 increase our population from 30,000 to 50,000 by 2045 they also have uh, green uh, net zero and electric cars and they have villages uh, neighborhood villages they're trying to bring in to bring people together and be able to walk to all your enemies like you know great there's 30 below here at times can you imagine well I'm 69 years old you know walking down to get my groceries or whatever. Ah. And yet they say it's the community's preference that this would be based this on. So it has WF and UN written all over it. And we had told them that they have to make some changes We do want them to abolish the neighborhood villages. We do want them to abolish the 2045 net zero, because that is what the federal government is trying to do all over Canada. Right. And quite frankly, that is an invasion as far as I'm concerned. Right. And Tanya has done a great job. Excuse me. Let me go. Tanya and her group has done a great job in coming up with the and then the for the 15-minute cities. Now, <clears throat> that in itself is an information package to state where they're breaking the law and how they're breaking the law, what they're doing for treason. Now that you know that you're breaking the law, it works as a notice of liability that you have to cease and desist. And right. we are building evidence to lay charges if, you don't cease to desist. right right so we have our work cut out uh, I have a great group of people working behind me um, we have about twenty that are are uh, show up every Saturday uh, we have probably five six of us that are really die hard at it and uh, the support is great
1: awesome awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Colin. I I need to move on to uh, our last few. We don't have too many left. I thank you so much for that. And I think what your chapter is doing is uh, highlighting the fact that you need to be aware of those policies that are happening at the local level. And so if you can appreciate a small town like Lloydminster going from a population of 30,000 to 50,000 is is a phenomenal change. And uh, these things just come in. They sneak in. And uh, so we need to have watchmen on those councils. We need to have the public watching what's coming through and then raising the alarm. So I want to thank you for all the efforts that you are are doing there in Lloydminster and thank you for being on the show Colin.
6: Oh you're welcome, my pleasure.
1: All right. Um, Actually, I'm going to stay on now um in Saskatchewan. I wanted to bring you an update from some of the good work that's happening in our Saskatoon chapter. So our chapter leader is Katie. I had asked her to be on the show, but in fact, she right now is in uh, a different meeting where she is. um She's just listening as a fly on the wall to uh, some policies to bring in these agendas, Agenda 2030, uh, into, uh, association that she's, she's going to listen to. So she's, uh, she's there doing that. So she's on business already. Um, but I wanted to tell you a little bit about what's happening. And particularly I want to stay here with Saskatchewan because there's a tremendous opportunity right now for those of you in Saskatchewan that are listening. And if you can share it out to people that you know in the province. So right now as you know uh, Action for Canada has been fighting against uh the indoctrination of our children really the abuse of our children uh with this soji curriculum that actually it's the comprehensive sexual education plan of the United Nations and so it comes in in and, and all these different names and the name that it came in and was uh, soji in BC and it snuck its way into Alberta and right now it's on the uh it's right on the border of coming into Saskatchewan. So in fact, um Katie and her team, she has a little soji team of uh of people that want to raise awareness and challenge this before it come becomes uh, widespread. So, Katie um, recently, very recently, uh, and she's a she's a teacher by background too. So, uh, this was near and dear to her heart to to challenge this and to ask, you know, where was the public consultation in bringing this in, and is it coming in, and how is it coming in, and who authorized it to come in? And so, she put together a package. She spent so many hours, and she was working with us here at the national office to put together a compelling package that we could bring to, uh, you know, the director of education and and other decision makers uh, to, hopefully persuade them to reason and to say, you know, put the brakes on this and let's have an open discussion about what might be the harms, the very real harms. So uh Katie and her team had a meeting with the directors. That's what she was that's the person she was put to, to go and have the conversation about the resources that are being used in the Saskatchewan schools, in in the Saskatoon schools in particular. So she had a very, uh, she had a meeting on Friday and, uh, So basically she came in with a binder full of all this really compelling information and she just wanted to have a discussion, put it before them so that they could, they could be informed before deciding whether this was just going to roll through Saskatchewan. So right away, uh, there was a, a whole bunch of stonewalling. So it was a little bit of a mixed, uh, mixed success. And certainly very hard on her after putting and the team after putting so many hours into preparing this material. So, anyways, they were like, "Oh, if we're going to talk about Soji, we're not going to talk about it. You need to talk to the ministry." So, the reason I'm bringing this up for Saskatchewan is because they have said that it will be rolled out in the fall to every school in Saskatchewan. And so, if you care about this, you need to uh, raise your voice and you need to be asking. How did this come about? How were we consulted? I have never heard of this coming in, and I would like it stopped. I have some real concerns about it. So as you heard earlier on, um, some of our chapter leaders have on, on their own, they have written their letters, and they have made their argument, and they put it forward. And so that's exactly what uh, Katie and her team are going to do, and they're not letting it go. So now they've been moved up the chain to uh, the Ministry of Education, in Saskatchewan, and uh, hopefully they will be able to bring forward a delegation actually they are on the list for a delegation to bring to the trustees this information and uh, they're so well prepared that's the other thing about our materials if you haven't done a deep dive into our website you'll see we have so many materials to help equip ordinary Canadians to become educated themselves on the topic and on the issue. Uh, and if you need some extra evidence, we have a fantastic uh, researcher, you you guys, uh, they're familiar with Empower Hour, no, Sheila. And so Sheila can always dig up some really great information and and help to support. So the best thing to do is if you're concerned and you don't have a chapter in your areas, reach out to the nearest chapter and become educated yourself and then become equipped with some of the resources that we have so that you can go in as a a concerned citizen and you can make the stand that you wanna make in your province and and your territories and your town councils. So that's the news I wanted to bring to you. I had a conversation with uh, Katie afterwards um, on speaker phone, I said, you know, because lot of emotion that goes into building up for such a significant event as so I'm going to go talk to the director of education. And and many people do not have that in their background. And so there's there is some tension with that. But she boldly went in with her team. And uh, afterwards, it was kind of like a oh, bit of a letdown. But but they were able to leave that binder of information right there. They did, in fact, accept it. So we have to pray that they will be convicted even on the little bit that they allowed themselves to hear, that they would go through the information that is very compelling. Um, not, no misinformation at all, very uh, thorough, thoroughly researched uh, reports and documents on the harms that are happening to children. And then they have to make the right decision and, and step up in their uh, position of authority. But after that phone call, she called me and, you know, she was even tearful because she had invested so much in and, and her heart was so, you know, torn that it, it just, why can't it be easier for people to understand? But it didn't take long. It took maybe a day or two and then she bounced right back and she says, I'm getting the delegation going for the trustees and I'm gonna go to the town, I'm gonna go to the school board and I'm gonna present this information. And like I said, even tonight, she's at another meeting where she's watching to see what kinds of policies are being brought in? So I wanted to highlight that and celebrate that. And again, also to, to put a shout out to everyone in Saskatchewan that you still have the uh, opportunity to make your voices heard on this issue. And now that's not to say that Alberta and Saskatchewan, who just kind of had it sweep in, uh, you still have the ability to, to push it back and, uh, to make your voices heard and, and utterly and completely remove this, uh, vile, uh, resource and this vile uh, campaign against our children. So, okay, so moving on from there, um, our last live guests, um, we're gonna go all the way over to Vancouver Island. So next up are Michelle and Melody, who hail from Vancouver, excuse me, Vancouver Island and are both co-leading in the Cowichan Valley area. So Michelle uh, it has resided in the community of Cobble Hill, BC for 16 years and has lived on Vancouver Island for over half her life. She decided to get involved with Action for Canada with her dear friend, Melody, last November. After an unfortunate incident of being hired for a position at her previous church, only to be let go because of her stance on COVID, she found her schedule suddenly open to join the A4C team. Having been compelled by the Holy Spirit himself not to be vaccinated and choosing to safeguard her body, She was deemed unfit for the position. This was heartbreaking for Michelle, who felt ostracized and seemingly stripped of her ability to serve God in the capacity in which she was gifted. However, once she felt aligned with Action for Canada, Michelle knew she could commit to serving God in a new capacity. What made the blessing even better for Michelle is to be co-leading in the heart of the Cowichan Valley with Melody. Serving together through Action for Canada has deepened their friendship and their faith has only continued to grow. And so Melody is a registered massage therapist and has worked in the Cowichan Valley for the last 20 years. She has definitely uh, been affected by the COVID mandates, but has found ways to rise above and has been able to keep working to build a solid practice Delighted also to be co-leading with her best friend, um, Melody didn't really know what they were getting into, uh, but she knew that God would direct and guide them and be able to help, and ed- to help them educate and equip the people of the valley to fight for fa- faith, f- family, and freedom in this country. So I'd like to welcome both these ladies to the show and give them a hand. Hello. <laughs> Hi, Michelle. Hi, Melody. So I love, again, bringing the both of you on uh, to show, you know, the real camaraderie that happens as you build chapters together, as you strike out and you're in the in the foxhole together. Uh, there's really strong bonds that get created. So I don't know if there's one of you that would like to go first uh, and just share a little bit about that. <laughs> Okay, Michelle,
7: go ahead. No, I'm just going no, to let me. Melody go first. <laughs> okay. We had talked this through, so go ahead, Melody.
8: Yeah. Thank you very much, and it, it's such a privilege to be sharing tonight. And um, I have a couple notes, so I'm kind of kind of look down as I'm talking to you all. Um, but, uh, yeah, as it was mentioned, um, my good friend Michelle and I, we came to Action for Canada through um, just General research and searching for um the truth about covid about um, mandates all of that kind of thing and um uh so we came we wanted the truth about all of that so um we um I particularly uh went on and uh, signed a petition and that kind of brought me around to some or gave me some emails from action for canada so um uh started uh following that way, and um we definitely um, found more than the truth and in action for Canada and found a christ centered organization <clears throat> excuse me with like minded people and uh we praise God for that um and as Tanya's mentioned before it's um the church without walls and we really we really appreciate that and um it's um come to be really special for us and as um, uh, Michelle and I were led to um, um, to become co-leaders we we actually we live in Duncan um, on the island and <clears throat> Victoria is about an hour away to the south and then I an hour away to the north and we went we don't have the time to go either direction in our busy lives so um, we kind of decided that we needed a chapter here. So that's what we did. And uh, we discovered um, uh, super supportive, loving people to guide and help us. And, and we need a lot of help. And um, we have our Vancouver Island chapter leader, uh, Jerry, or uh, not chapter leader, sorry, regional leader, Jerry Pearson, and So we're very new at this leadership thing and um, we have had been able to have two uh, monthly meetings and we have about 15 people that have been showing up and a few new ones keep adding um, and coming in to our emails and stuff like that too. So we are growing and we're really, we're really grateful for that. Um, We have done one overpass um, event, but Uh, We learned really quickly that uh, you don't do that on the coldest, wettest, most miserable day (laughs) in March in British Columbia. So um, we didn't we actually didn't stay out there for very long. We were too cold, but it was good to do that. And we had a couple people show up and support us um, as well. Um, We have a really great core of prayer warriors that have been heading out every week. Sorry, kind of get emotional.
7: Yeah.
8: Um, and they've really been praying for the children and the families of our community, for the schools and the staff and the council members and mayors of our of our area. And it's just been so great to um um to get to know the people of our chapter and start building um you know, really close relationships with them and Mm -hmm. particularly talking and walking and praying and serving God in our community. So Mm -hmm. it's just really exciting and um, encouraging to to have those people nearby and and be part of be part of that. Mm -hmm. Um, As co-leaders with my best friend, Michelle, um, there is a lot to do and we're able to share it, um, share the load and Bounce ideas off of each other, and um, you know if somebody can't make a regional meeting, then the other one can, or or chapter meetings on Mondays. You know, we've really been able to share that, and as as it was said in Michelle's um. um intro intro um you know we really have we we're really good friends so that makes it a lot easier but we really have grown stronger together and stronger in our faith because of it so Mm -hmm. that is so great and you know we have a lot to balance in our lives we both have full-time jobs and um uh we have a motto we do what we can do and give god the glory for what we can do so um there's a lot sometimes with um you know, just trying to keep up with everything. So that's the, that's what we want to do. We just want to do what we can and equip the people in our chapter to do, to do their best as well. And it's been a real blessing to be part of um, Action for Canada and to do our part, whether it's big or small, and fight for our freedoms for the beautiful country that God has given us. Mm-hmm. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Melody. Thank you for that. Yeah, heartfelt. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. And it, it helps to know you're not alone and the teams do build and you find, you know, new friends that you, uh, you know, maybe we've lost some old friends that we, you know, are heartbreaking to lose. But then, uh, you know, new people have come into our lives, too, and, and new bonds are are deepening. So thank you so much for that, Melody. Uh, Michelle, uh, I I heard a little bit of a mention of the uh, Walk for Revival, so I hope you might mention something significant that happened as a result of your Walk for Revival and your prayer, but I I don't want to steal your thunder if you had something else that you wanted to share, but I'll just uh, turn it over to you and you share what's on your heart to share.
7: Great. Thank you, Kim, and thank you, Tanya and and the whole team at Action for Canada. Uh, We love this organization and we're so proud to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. Um... I do just want to touch on a couple of the experiences that Melody and I have had in the last few weeks, particularly in our Walk for Revival prayer walks. Um, firstly to mention, it's been a wonderful opportunity just getting to know a couple of the members in the community chapter as we've been walking and talking and sharing and, and praying together. And we've also had the privilege of worshiping together in church. They've, um, Melody and a few went to um do a prayer walk one night last week and I attend a, a Thursday night midweek service and the whole gang showed up and we we worshiped together that night. And then one of the couples actually came to church on Sunday morning and uh, there was a, a women's time and uh, one of our members was privy to being a part of that and just being blessed by that. So, These are unique opportunities to connect with our community members and people that we rub shoulders with in our communities. And that for both Melody and I is really at the heart of this. We just love getting to know these people and where they're coming from is so diverse. And yet we're all here together and we're all in this together. So um, one of the interesting um, things that happened when Melody took a group out to the City Hall in Duncan, uh, apparently there were seven of them. And they encircled the city hall seven times. And then upon completion, the city hall clock struck seven bells. <laughs> so if anyone is aware, seven in biblical numer- numerology means completion. So it was like, I mean, the, the electric bolts just sort of go through me when I, when I even speak of it. Because I, I wasn't there myself, but when Melody told me, I, I can just only imagine Um, the intensity and the electricity that must have been going through them because they knew that God was with them, you know. Um, Melody and I had also become aware that there was going to be a drag queen ball event in my community in Cobble Hill, five minutes away. And when we found out that the NDP was hosting this fundraising event, her and I just went right to the place and we did a prayer walk just on our own. We didn't have flags at the time. We didn't have other people, but we just thought we need to do this now. We need to start. And so in particular, I remember at the time that our prayers started going towards the fact that we wanted God to totally shut down that event. And I remember we were starting to ask him to put obstacles in place that would prevent that event from happening and that people would be disinterested and there would be technical difficulties and even getting a ticket. And all of these sorts of things, just anything that would cause a block from this event from happening. So, we had also planned to pray on the day of the event. Uh, it was supposed to be two weeks, three weeks ago now. And so, we were following through with that. But midday, I got word from Klaus, who was with some community members at a local church. He said, "I think the event's been closed. I think it's been. He thought he thought it had been a, a canceled." I said, "Look, I need official, you know, <laughs> um, news about this." So I went on uh, the NDP Facebook, and there it was. Officially, the event had been canceled, Praise and God. so we were just so related. We were just like, like we've got to. We still have to meet together. We still need to give God the glory in this. So. We were so excited that we basically still got together and we did a victory walk in his glory and his name. And we were just lifting praises of thanksgiving to him because it was our obedience, but our Mm. focus was on him and what he was going to do. And to his faithfulness, he receives the glory in that. And I looked on site and it looked as though only 13 people had paid for the event and only 45 were interested. So I thought, you know, good on this community for standing up to something like that and saying, no, we don't want this. Mm -hmm. However, in saying all of that, um, our victory, um, oh, I just want to say one thing. Victory depends on recognizing that the battle belongs to the Lord. He fights on our behalf. So in saying that, we need to suit up again and put the whole armor of God on because and pray that God will do a mighty work, because Duncan also has a drag queen event coming up, and it's Saturday, May 19th. So we might have won one, but we're still in the fight. And I just want to say in closing that uh, God will do a mighty work in the hearts and minds of these people, that they consider this to be family entertainment for all ages. May they recognize their sin in their own lives and may they realize their need for a savior. In the book of James, it tells us that the way to successfully resist the devil is to submit to God. Victory over the devil is ours when we concentrate on obeying Christ, not on fighting an elusive enemy. What, the, what is the result when believers obey Christ? The devil will flee. Amen. So that's a quote taken from a Bible study I'm doing right now called Glimpses of God by Debbie Pride, spelled with a Y, not an I. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. So pretty exciting times here in it our is. neck of the woods.
1: It really is. Well, yeah. thank you so much for sharing those details with us and, and for giving God the glory because really, you know, uh, as His will is in heaven, so it is on earth. We're just the uh, hands and feet here, but His will is being done. And He's the one who fights the battles. We do our part and, and He does all the rest, the parts that we can't. So thank you so much, thank so you. very much, ladies, for being thank on the show you. with me tonight. Thank, thank you. you. so. Okay, and our actual last guest... Is, uh, from, is Laurie from Kelowna, but she's going to be joining us, in fact, with Tanya, uh, on locate, who's on a, on location in Kelowna right now. Uh, so to accommodate Laurie and Tanya's schedules, uh, we pre-recorded this segment, but I first want to introduce you again. I know Laurie's been on our Empower Hour once before, but Laurie's been the Kelowna chapter leader for just over a year. And the way she kind of grew in her role is qu- really quite phenomenal. And you'll hear them talk about that. Originally born in Philadelphia, she moved to Canada when she was 10 and has lived in Kelowna for over 30 years. The Lord has given her a heart for his children. And she says she has spent many nights sobbing as she feels his heart for them and how they are being abused. So uh, without further ado, Terenzi, if you can bring up that uh, the interview, it's Tanya interviewing Larry from earlier today.
9: So hi, everybody. We're so excited to be here. I'm in Kelowna with Lowry, our chapter leader. And uh, Kim, I know that you've been doing a really great job there without me. And I'm excited to hear a little bit of a testimony from Lowry. She's doing an amazing job in Kelowna, British Columbia. So Lowry, can you tell
10: uh, our viewers a little bit how you got started? well i actually joined as a co-leader and then the leader decided that it wasn't really what he wanted to do and the lord knew that i wouldn't give up so i'm pursued on my own you have and you have been dogged at it And I know when I first met you, I believe, was it a year ago or has it been two years ago now? It's it's basically, I think, been about a year that I've been a chapter leader, but we met before that. Yes. Yeah, and I remember you
9: thinking, oh, do I want to lead? And I think, and I think you'd be a good leader. And you really have been. I mean, you have grown the um, community here in Kelowna. You have been leading at... um, campaigns that Action for Canada has been putting out and all of our resources, I mean, with such enthusiasm. (laughs) So can you tell me from when you first had started, like, how do I do this to where you are now?
10: Yeah, I just, I felt really overwhelmed because I would listen to the chapter leaders on the chapter leader meeting. And I I felt so overwhelmed because they were doing so many things. And I really just felt the Lord say to me, just pick something you're really passionate about. And I just developed a real passion through the Lord. He just put it on my heart how much he cares about the kids. So that's what I started with. And so I got a group of girls together and we went out to a school and we started handing out the Soji brochures, which are right on the Action for Canada website. So it's super easy. We printed those out, we went out to the school and we just started informing parents. And we were so surprised how few parents know what's going on in the schools. And so that was really the first thing that I started with.
9: Yeah, that's amazing. I know I have a passion for the kids as well and fighting for them because this is a war for the hearts and minds of our children. And, uh, you know, in any good war in the past, uh, these dirty dogs, the leaders that are trying to take over our country, know the way to really solidify that is to get the hearts and minds of the kids for the future. And so we've got a big job ahead of us. And so you've been going out campaigning. So at first you started with the campaign for the kids. And then uh, once you get out in the community, it's amazing that once people start to become aware, they want to be involved. And then your membership within the chapter has grown. And so what kind of things
10: are you doing now? Well, the the next idea that the Lord kind of put on my heart was to get an action night going. And so I titled it Action for the Kids and for the Community. And so I just got a group of people out and we started dividing up into groups depending on the interest. So there's the SOGI group, of course, the girls that want to go out to the schools, but now we have a group going to the school board meetings and organizing parents to go to that. We have a group that are trying to unite the churches by getting them involved and going to the Action for Canada church uh, Zoom calls and getting support from Action for Canada. And then we have a group that's fighting the drag queen events. We have a group that's, that's looking at the 15 minute cities and we have some gr- a group looking at the digital currency. So it's really expanded and it was so exciting to see all those people. So we've been doing this once a month. And then on top of that, we've been doing the walk for revival. And so we've been doing the prayer walks. And so I think we've done about four prayer walks now and and that's really gotten the community involved. Well, and speaking of prayer walks, I mentioned it at la- the last empower. But um, give
9: us a little bit of an idea what happened here on April seventh. Was it when you did the
10: walk for revival around the school board? Yeah, that was the first. Re- that was the first walk that we did. So we decided we were going to walk seven times, like a Jericho walk, around the school board office so we met we saw they had sent some security out there so we talked to the security told them we were just going to be praying over the school i asked him if he had any kids and he said no not yet but he had a niece and nephew so we walked around three and a half times and then the lord said that we should pray for him and ask his name so we did turns out his name was goshen which i was amazing And so we prayed for him and and his niece and nephew and and he was out there was kind of neat he was praying with us we walked another three and a half times around and and uh just praying for the school trustees praying for the superintendent praying for the kids praying for the kids to stand up against the soji program and praying for the teachers and um it was really powerful we felt really good when we left and and uh then we found out that there was some damage done to the school board office Mm -hmm. and and you know that seemed a little bit strange so did a little digging got confirmation for about three different sources that there was some wind damage done to the school board office actually right near the uh, Kevin Cardell's office Kevin Cardell is the superintendent and he's on
9: the second floor and a chunk of the building had come down. And so we reported on that. Many of you will have received our email a couple of weeks ago. And so it was quite shocking last week when we got a notification from Harrison Company. Uh, Kevin Cardell had reached out to uh, the lawyers. I I really find that it was a bully tactic to try and uh, silence the legitimate concerns of parents and then making it out that um, Action for Canada was a hate group and that we were condoning violence. Uh, against the school district and vandalism and I was so shocked when I saw the letter and uh, you know I want to know how much this is costing taxpayers because that's taxpayers dollars uh, to pay for this bully tactic to be done and uh, it's like a you know the mafia and trying to silence people into um, you know expressing their legitimate concerns on the behalf of the children and that means all children gay, lesbian straight, Uh, you know that uh, the safety of kids comes first and when we know that there is a a grooming program in the schools and kids are then going on to harmful puberty blockers and then having their bodies permanently mutilated by harmful surgeries, I I think that parents have every reason to, to be concerned when pornography, you guys have a real problem with child pornography in Kelowna that's been in the news and child exploitation And uh, the RCMP seem to think that, uh, you know, it's a mystery as to why this is happening. But if they would just take a look at the resources, if the school board trustees, not only in B.C. and here in Kelowna, but across Canada, would permit the conversation that we could go deeper into what's happening within the schools. um, I think that obviously parents en masse, as they're finding out, are saying we need to remove this and we do need to protect the kids. So it's interesting that you were there at the school board yeah. praying for Mr. Cardell, praying for the trustees, praying for the teachers to have wisdom to be willing to have the conversation to do what was best on behalf of our kids and we end up getting hit with a legal letter that has it's not valid it has no standing. And um as if this was a hateful event. And and so it's gonna make you wonder what's going on within some of these people's lives that they feel a need to cover it up. I feel like something's being covered up. Uh we've expressed our concerns, and we're gonna continue to express those concerns. So I just want to thank you so much. I've oh, spent the time. week with you, and uh, you know, we've been at church together, we've talked to concerned teachers who have also said they're very concerned about the children. This is our high school level and uh, you know the kids that are definitely they're seen being indoctrinated and harmed and they're reporting that it's the most vulnerable kids that are in the community those with autism those uh, without uh, strong family relationships are the ones that are being led down this path and so we always say knowledge is power and when you have it you got to share it and you have done an amazing job of going out into the community and doing that and because of it I've seen so much love and respect for you so much support from for action for canada and so I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for choosing that day to be a chapter leader and taking the step with a first campaign which has led to building up your community within community of like-minded people And that campaign is just taking off. And I believe this is a community where we're going to take back every level of government. So do you have anything in closing you want to
10: add? I just want to say thank you, Tanya. I know the team has missed you, but we've certainly (laughs) been so glad for the time that you spent in Kelowna helping us out. Awesome.
9: Thank you.
1: Oh, it's so nice <laughs> to see Tanya there in her calming presence. I got to watch that video a little earlier. So, you know, and 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 just that last statement, you know, just you know, thank you for taking making that decision that first day to to just go, to just take that step into leadership and uh and where it's taken her. So, anyways, we all got a uh, a little glimpse of Tanya. I know we have been missing her for sure. Um, but, you know, she's uh, doing some great work there. I know she's even texting on the side because she's actually at a school board meeting. And so uh, we'll get the debrief on all of that later. But what I'd like to do right now, uh, that's our kind of our panelist uh, in some. And so thank you again, I'm just gonna say a big thank you to everybody. Uh, I can see you all in the green room and thank you so much. Yeah, uh, and I, I hope audience that you have been able to see uh, you know people from all walks of life and and different temperaments and personalities and styles and but all on the same purpose, so I want to encourage you now to um you know to think about it if you've been if you're feeling that nut that nudge or that calling or you know I wish I could do more, or, what more could be done, or I wish there was a chapter leader <laughs> or a chapter in my community uh you know maybe this is the nudge you need to uh see that you know, it just takes that first step. And at Action for Canada, for sure, we've grown as an organization, we've matured. And uh, in doing that, we've been able to become more organized. And we have a really strong mentorship program, where we have people that have been doing the chapter leading for some time, and have, you know, made their stumbles and the 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 learning challenges, and it's a lot easier for new people to come on board. And some teams... Uh, they're, they're there, but they they could still round out their, um, their core team. And so there's always a need for campaign leaders. There's uh, also a need for co-leaders as well, for treasurers and for administrators and social media people. So I just really want to impress upon you that It doesn't take anything more uh, than that first step. And all these lovely, wonderful, ordinary people have done extraordinary things because they took that first step. And so what I'd like to do right now is I'd like to actually just share my screen fairly briefly just to help you um, figure out how to navigate it and, and to find that place to join in all the different ways that you can join the movement of Action for Canada and lend your talent um, and uh, you know to this this really important uh, time and this really important movement. So right now what I'd like to do is I'd like to just land on our uh, our landing page, our home page. This is where we have um, you know hopefully enough, uh, just really quick items to click upon. All the most current information is right up there at top. We have all the current actions that we've been working on. If you're a member of Action for Canada on the mailing list, then you get this mailed out to you on a weekly basis. And, of course, we have our most viewed videos. We have all kinds of resources. We have our most popular pages that people like to you know, find information on and our current issues. So this is a good place to start, but what I'd like you to do is to consider going all the way over to this one here, right over to the end and to that Join tab. Okay, so that Join tab gives you all the different ways that you can get involved with Action for Canada. So the most important one would be here at the top to say, well, how do I join? So I'm gonna take you to that page um, right here. So when you click on that Join, That join right here, it takes you to this page and this page just gives you a little overview of, of who we are and what we're about and the different ways that you can sign up. Now some of you, you just really love the information and you want to join just to be on our email list to, to hear the latest news to get the research that we've been doing and to hear of the activities that we've been up to and the wins that we're getting. So that's a, the first place to go is to make sure that you are signed up for emails not necessarily just with your chapter locally but also on our main website. So we also have um, support groups and we've really started to build out our parent and, um, and teacher concerned citizen group and our homeschooling group. So that's one where you can also get uh, information on that. We have, um, meetings. Actually, we've started our webinars again, um, twice a month with our parent group and our homeschooling group. And we have now a team lead for that and her name is Doris. So if you're interested in getting more information and getting involved, To get supports for parent concerns, that would be a place to go. And I'm so pleased to say that our pastor team has now got a team lead as well. Uh, His name is Dan, and I you've seen Dan before. He's been uh, a empower our guest, and so Dan is heading up our pastor and church leader team. And so we really encourage you, uh, pastors, and uh, if you're If you go to church and your pastor doesn't know about Action for Canada yet, please put a bug in his ear and let him know uh, or let them know that uh, we've got webinars now and uh, ways for connecting uh, to get involved. But the part I really want to focus in on is becoming a volunteer and connecting with a chapter. So when you click on um, register as a volunteer, there's so many ways that you can get involved. And when you click on that link, it takes you to a registration page like this. And so we would ask you to please, you know, fill out that information. Let us know what your area of interest is. If you want to become a chapter leader or you're interested in knowing more about what it would take to be a chapter leader, you've heard a little glimpse tonight and certainly there's challenges but there's also such great rewards in it. But if you wanna know a little bit more without completely committing, absolutely click on volunteer interest And don't be afraid to click that button that says chapter leadership. When you do that, it doesn't mean you necessarily become the leader right away. There's a vetting process that we go through. And so um, as Bill had mentioned, there's kind of a two-step process where uh, someone from Action for Canada, uh, likely one of our provincial leaders, will reach out to you and answer any questions and share the vision more deeply about Action for Canada and just give you a really good sense to see if this would be a good fit for you. If there's a chapter already in your area, it's quite likely that they could build their core team. And so you could take on leadership, but in the form of uh, maybe becoming a SOGI team lead, if that's your area of passion. Or maybe you want to support the cities uh, and the towns against these 15-minute cities. Uh, Perhaps you you want to get involved in, um, in, in approaching churches and opening up churches to homeschooling so that there's safe places, once again, for children to be educated. And so please do not be afraid to click on that leadership. It puts you into a kind of a process so that we can find out who's who. But of course, if leadership isn't, you know, you're not sure yet, please do not be afraid to click on one of these areas uh, that you might feel that you have some talent and then you could lend uh, support to. Your form, your registration ends up going to the closest chapter leader that we can get to uh, get you to, and so that you will be contacted by them directly. Now, of course, if you already know, or you wanna to look to see if you have a chapter in your area, we have our connect with a chapter page. When you click, click on that, you go to the next page, which is our chapters across Canada. And just look at every single maple leaf there. Those are our chapters across this great country, sea to sea. And so please scroll down and find your province. So maybe Manitoba, Manitoba is starting to grow, but we need more support in Manitoba because it's a big province territorially. And in fact, uh, Flin Flon is one of those border towns that borders Saskatchewan. And I always kind of laugh because does Flin Flon think it's Saskatchewan or does Flin Flon think it's Manitoba? I think more Manitoba. It's like Lloyd Minister, are you Alberta or are you uh, Saskatchewan? So uh, please, uh, if you're thinking about it, what you do is you just drop down Um, And you click on email, you can email that chapter the closest one to you. And um, when you do that, a form uh, pops up so that you can email them directly. So just type in your message there, put your name, your email address. And I would like to volunteer. I'd like to be in touch with you. I'd like to learn a little bit more. And the chapter would, a chapter leader would be happy to answer those questions as well or put you to somebody who can answer them more fully. So I do not want you to be afraid of those forms. Please take that step. And again, I'm going to just go back. So when we go to our main website up here at the top, there's the join button right there. And when you join, join Action for Canada. And then you can go to this page right here. Okay? All right with that I think I'm going to stop sharing and uh, the last little gift of the evening I just want to again like I've implored you I've uh, encouraged you please uh consider how you can support the actions for uh, the actions of Canada action for Canada and uh and reach out to your chapter reach out for support reach out to help volunteer that would be fantastic um As I was just closing off here, one of the things that I was reflecting on is the fact that during this whole time of crisis, this global crisis, there's this real anti-human spirit that's been unleashed on our earth and uh, really, there's so many good people that can see it and are waking up to it and they are pushing back because we want to live in a humane world, a world where we're not enslaving one another, where we're living freely as God intended us to live. And so as, a, as I um, round this out, I have a, a video I'd like to show that is called, uh, that's, it's actually a well-known song, right? It's Amazing Grace. And it's Amazing Grace that's sung in 50 different languages. So lest anybody think that Action for Canada is some sort of racist, phobic, whatever organization, not at all, not in any way. We absolutely love all the expressions of humanity that God has created. And that is the thing that makes us all equal as human beings is that we're made in the image of God. And so when I watch this video, I tear up, actually, because... In fact, the person that some of you know the history of Amazing Grace, it was a slave ship owner an operator who had a transformative encounter with the living God. And he penned this hundreds of years ago. And this same anthem of freedom, of liberty, of re- recognize who we are and who God is. That is uh, that is being now echoed around the entire planet in all the languages. And the Bible says every tribe, every tongue, every nation will come to understand that God is who he says he is. And so I would just like to thank you for joining us for the evening. Don't rush off. Um, I will we'll have this video in just a moment. And then Heather's going to come on to give you some announcements uh, for next week's Empower Hour, which you do not want to miss. So thank you so very much. God bless.
5: World lately. Wo auch immer du bist, ruf seinen Namen an.
7: Jesus. Jesus. Jesus.
10: Jesus. Jesus.
0: say thank you Kim for the outstanding job you've done tonight and thank you to each of our chapter leaders for coming on and sharing your stories and words of wisdom and encouragement with us joining us next week on the empower hour is David Lindsay one of action for Canada's loyal friends David has been involved in freedom issues for over 30 years. He is a passionate freedom fighter who is committed to sharing his knowledge with others. So be sure to mark next Wednesday, May 17th, on your calendar to join Tanya and David for the Empower Hour. We have a Bible verse for you right now, 1 Corinthians 15, 57 and 58. But thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm, let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Thank you everyone for joining us today and I pray that God will bless you and strengthen you until we meet again.
11: across the nation. You have a virtuous heart if you are here today pursuing freedom and righteousness, and then verse 23 comes along with a promise. God says he will turn the sins of evil. Thanks.